What's going on? It's the Film Drunk Frotcast coming at you not live from the Frot Quarters in San Francisco. That's right, we're the Frot Frotcast. I know we haven't explained the name probably since like episode one or two, but Frot is a term for when uh, two men rub their penises together. And uh, I thought that was a good metaphor for podcasting, for the act of podcasting. It's uh, dick fucking. Yes, uh, we're already we're already working blue. Uh, I'm Vince yeah. Mancini, sitting across from me, Joey Avery. That is right. I am ready to dock with you any time of the show tonight, metaphorically or or literally. Also, <laughs> uh, on the phone we got L.A. Matt slash Shill Matt slash yeah. Star Wars show star, fresh back from Comic Con, Mr. Matt Lieb. What's up? I'm SD Matt. SD Matt. San Diego Matt. Oh, are you are you also Jamaican now? Yeah, it's Jamaican Matt. How we doing on jeans? I is feeling Irish. Did you learn that in San in San Diego? Are there a lot of your brethren there? I, I can't. I can't keep doing it. I, no, I was just about to ask you how many loves there were. So much love. The answer is one. Yeah. Singular. Wait, what's that? One love. Oh, all right. I get that. Yeah. I yeah. got to get out of here. Flappy, flap, flap. Do you know the trick? Uh, do you know the trick for if you don't uh, know how to do a Jamaican accent? What's that? Uh, the, the, the way that if oh, you, oh, I know this one. Yeah, Go ahead, though. Yeah, you say uh, if you want to say bacon with a Jamaican accent, you just say beer can with a British accent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Try it. But what if I can't do a British accent? Ah, everyone can do a British accent. What, Hello, what? I'm gonna drink from your beer can. <laughs> we got a, a can of beer. Hey, man. What do you, you what do you what do you drink your beer can with? Oh, uh, with a bread pie. <laughs> a bread pie. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> right, we well, can't start off this way. I know, Here's I know. We went into if like we seven, off, seven bits yeah. before we uh, before we laid out the space docket. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We, uh, it's like starting off Terminator Two with the T one thousand already in the lava, and yeah. you're like, "Who are all these characters?" <laughs> yeah. Um, well, today on the show, uh, we're gonna have Mike Sachs. He wrote a book called Stinker Let's Loose, which is a novelization. Of a of a seventies uh, Burt Reynolds style movie that was never actually made, uh, and he wrote a novelization <laughs> of it. It's pretty great. Um, he's gonna come on in about ten minutes. Before that, uh, I did want to talk about uh, Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, because everybody watches that. I can I can't get these guys to watch a movie every week, but uh, yeah, I, I don't watch that. Though. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Brendan was supposed to be here, but he got his days wrong because he's terrible. Um, mm-hmm. um, but so Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think I feel like this week's episode. Um, there's gonna be lots of spoilers, by the way. Uh, oh, spoiler alert! Brap, brap, brap. I, I'm still entertained as fuck by the show, but um, I, I do feel like it's dropped off a, a bit since since they got past the book content. Oh, really? I I mean, I don't I don't know. I thought this was the book content. Uh, is this book not out yet? No, yeah, no. We're past we're past the books now. Oh, all right. So we're into. Uh... Is this the last season? Second to last season. I don't know. I mean, they're gonna ride this shit until like they'll they'll get like Brett Ratner to direct the twenty fifth season if they have to. I'm sure. Oh Jesus! I thought like at some point they're just gonna like this. They gotta end it. They're gonna end it, right? Yeah, I don't know. 
They fucking better. I swear to God, if they Walking Dead this shit, I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> All I know is... Um, so I'm liking the weird the weird edits that they've been doing lately where it's like, oh, we got like a shit a shit montage where it's like cross cutting back and forth between like the shit and then like the food and then right. and then this one I think what did they cross cut between Oh uh, the peeling of the skin right. and then the like uh chicken pot pie or some shit. Right, right. Which I didn't mind. But what I did mind is like if you're gonna show us a bunch of pus and like cross cut between pus and food show us what the unsullied severed dick looks like there's a mm. sex scene with gray worm and then they even show us junk yeah yeah that that was surprising to me that that kind of uh uh that spoke volumes about what they are and aren't willing to show they're <laughs> like uh you know we'll show hella ladies getting raped that's cool <laughs> but but a, a prosthetic fake Cut off dick? No, let's not get vulgar here. Oh, they used um, to be all about the dicks. I mean, the thing that you could say yeah. about Game of Thrones originally was uh, they wouldn't show the battle sequence because uh, they were like "fuck you, viewer," and they would show, but they would show the dicks. Like back in the day, you know, there'd be like building up for a big battle, and then you just see like the aftermath of it, or like you'd learn about right. what happened without them showing the actual battle. <laughs> but then ever since they got past the books, it's like oh. People want to see the Battle of the Bastards. We got to film that. And then this one, they had like the big boat fight where it's just like them partying in a in a. Wasn't in a it also they have more money now so oh, they yeah, can drop sure. on the battle? They should just throw some like dead guys and then have a little dick out and then they're staying true, true <laughs> oh, to they form. Did the last episode. Oh, they did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> last show literally well, had a dead guy's dick. Game of Bones. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah, well, they, they had to show the Battle of the Bastards. Let's be real. That was awesome. <laughs> That was the worst episode of Game of Thrones ever. Are you fucking crazy? Shut sh- the fuck up! It was a shitty battle. It was a rip fuck off of. You. It was a rip off of Braveheart, and it just it's kind of sucked. It was like, I don't know. That was the worst episode. Nah, that was great. They don't excel but, I mean, at also- battle sequences. They excel at fucking Tyrion drinking wine and saying saying witty things. That's true. I mean, I'll agree with you there. But and dicks, say, weird dicks, and Tyrion being clever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all true too. But you know, also dragons and shit. I mean, things are leading up to this to, to some battles here. I mean, you're gonna be pretty disappointed by this season. I, I have a feeling, just because of the fact that it's gonna be all battles. Yep. It's just gonna be nothing but battles. Which I, I personally, I'm excited about, just for the sake of like, I would like some resolution. Um, but it does seem like this is all going to like how many se- what season is it right now uh 8 7 8 or 7 all right so Nine? there's been s- i don't know there's been there's been 6 or 7 seasons of setup i'm willing to say there's now- been between 5 and 10 seasons all right you know, the point is, is up until then up until this point there's been a, a whole lot of setup a whole lot of guessing about where all these alliances are going to fall and now it seems like it's all happening and now i'm like oh shit it's all yeah they set it all up now it's all now it's all happening right they they almost can't fuck it up and i'm I'm like i'd be on board regardless at this point but like a few things they did where uh what's his name uh fat sam is like oh i found this ancient cure for grayscale in a dusty book like an illegal cure for uh for a grayscale and then and then he goes and he does it and it's like and he's like well what do i have to do uh basically we cut off the grayscale and cover you with lotion 
I'm like, really? You needed a fucking old dusty book to tell you to cut off the scabs and like rub some lotion on it? Yeah, but special lotion, dude. Yeah, that's Magic true. lotion. Probably like Valyrian KY. <laughs> yeah, anything Valyrian or, or dragon is good. Yeah. Do, do battle scenes bore you? I feel like at, at some point I've seen them pretty much all. And like I know mm-hmm. it thrusts forward whatever's happening, but like an extended battle scene is kind of boring. To yeah, me. I mean if it's an oh, awesome battle sequence, like yeah. if it's done really well, I enjoy it. But like that's like one out of twenty at right. this point. You know, it's a lot of clinking and yeah, <laughs> like a lot of yelling. It's just like oh, the thing I always liked about Game of Thrones is they always like broke it down to like human scale. Like there wasn't a lot of big battle sequences, right. but there'd be a scene where uh what's his name where like the the hound has to like fucking lop off a couple innkeepers heads right. and i love the old school game of thrones because they never did the thing where it was like really elaborate sword play they, they made it f- seem like true to what medieval sword play probably was which right. was just like a big dude like kicks you down some stairs and chops your head off yeah not like some fucking fancy fencer man is gonna do like right. twenty different sword tricks, you know? Right, yeah, like Pirates of the no, Caribbean. There's no, there's no staircase on the battlefield, bro. You know, you just gotta right. start swinging. That's why I like the 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 single combat a lot better than uh, you know them trying to do a whole battle sequence. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Battle sequences for the most part are boring, um, but I did like in Battle of the Bastards when. Uh, he was like losing all of his air because he was being trampled. I thought that was dope. Yeah, yeah, that was all right. That was good. Um, I liked it. The other thing King I like. The, the other King thing of that I like. <laughs> I love that. The yeah. King of the North. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That made me get like chills when they said King of the North. Yeah, because it reminds you of that other time they said King of the North. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, a callback. That's true. My other, my other favorite thing about last night's episode. Is uh, Cersei's got like her head sorcerer, and he's like, "No, don't worry, I've been uh, I've been working on a secret project that could help kill these dragons." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh man, what kind of fucking magic trick does this guy have cooked up?" And they go in the basement. <laughs> it's crossbow. a giant crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I mean, that, was, that was pretty great. <laughs> that I mean, I <clears throat> I'm making fun of that, but that is kind of I like. I like that for all its cleverness, uh, most of the shit came down with, well, there's a big guy, uh, and he's he's bigger. Yeah, and you he gotta had... get a bigger guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the worst part of that crossbow sequence is then he's like, okay, now fire the crossbow. And then it, it goes through the skull, and they look at each other, they're like, cool. And it's like, I don't think the bone is the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the problem is with dragon scales, is getting through the scales, not the bone. And the, and the, fu- you- the fire, the, the steel-melting fire, that's, that's probably tough to deal with, too. Yeah, I mean, it, just, it seemed kind of like... Uh, and also, I mean, he took a big gamble there, because clearly he had not shot that crossbow before. <laughs> yeah. Because there were, there was no, you know, the skull was perfectly intact up until the point in which you shot the crossbow. I mean, he shot it from like fifteen feet away too. Yeah, right. I mean, all these things. I, I expect like uh, you could probably take a sword and do some damage on that skull. Yeah, that not, proved not, nothing. Not exactly simulating real world conditions, there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, definitely strange. Um, <laughs> but you know. Just take me. I just I'm along for the ride. For me, like Game of Thrones at this point is like the lazy river. Yeah. I'll go around and around forever. Um, 
you know, as long as there's cool shit to look at. Oh, it's and, it's the lazy river with titties and sword fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. All those things are care. dope. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't care how much piss I get soaked in, you know? <laughs> exactly. As Joe likes yep. to say, it's just adult Lord of the Rings with doggy style fucking. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. all I ever wanted. Isn't doggy style a little implied in like adult Lord of the Rings? I mean, I guess it could just be missionary. You know, Joe <laughs> likes to reiterate the same. Like, sure, you know. sure, sure. I feel like it's more about the imagery. Right, and it is nice. Yeah, yeah. It sounds good. Oh, I was with uh, Joe. I saw Joe and Bobby Hacker in L.A. this week. And nice. uh, and, uh, and Bobby was telling me he was on the phone with his bank. So I don't, if, if you know Joe, like you'll talk to him on the phone and like he'll just be absentmindedly like freestyling. Uh, uh-huh. like, like he when he's lost in thought, he just like does f- weird freestyles, and so he was on the phone with Bobby Hacker, and Bobby Hacker got like a call from his bank or some shit, and he accidentally fucked up like the call switching, so while like Joe is uh is a uh, is absentmindedly like rapping to himself while he's on hold, he he was actually rapping to the the bank teller, and he was like, <laughs> and he's and he's doing his bit about how he's the dick lick and panty sniffer, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Bobby's bank teller was really confused by that apparently. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna get uh, Mike Sachs on the phone. All right, you're on with me and uh, my co-host for the evening, Joey Avery. Hello. What's happening? How are you doing? Good. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. We're already recording, so we're just gonna jump in. Yeah. Um. So, the book is called Stinker Let's Loose. Um, so, I already explained the concept uh, at the top of the show, but uh, how would you, how do you explain it? I would uh, explain it as a um, novelization to a, a very rarely seen 1977 movie, CB trucking movie called Stinker Let's Loose that was shown in the South mm-hmm. and mostly drive ins and um, small theaters in the South. Mm-hmm sort of a seed level movie, um, a smoking the bandit type movie that was rarely seen uh, and then very um, difficult to get a hold of nowadays. But I thought I would re-release the novelization to the movie uh, because it was the first movie I ever saw in a theater down in Virginia Beach, Virginia. It was one of those movies that I thought I, I always thought I dreamt that I saw, but it was I actually I actually did see it. Um, so it was a movie that I never forgot and it was a movie always on my mind and I thought I would re-release it now in 2017. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask this, but but like I, I read that and I thought that was like shtick. Like it's not like you're like making a joke, like, Oh, this is this movie that you probably haven't seen that I wrote the novelization. So this was actually a real movie. (laughs) <laughs> no, this is all bullshit. Okay, right? all right. <laughs> this, this is a um, this is a fake movie. I mean, I loved uh, these types of movies when I was a kid. People think I'm joking when I say this is not a joke. Um, these movies, these CB trucking movies, meant more to me than Star Wars or Close Encounters or any of those movies um, when I was a kid. Uh, Hooper is one of those movies. All these movies meant a lot to me, and I I love that era and um it's almost to me like a lost it's almost sci-fi i mean it, mm-hmm. it takes place in almost a different 
universe that then exists now. And um, I thought it would be fun to write a novelization, which I, I was a huge fan of as a kid. I always read novelizations. This is pre-internet, so right. there was really no way to get information about movies at the time. Um, uh, so what I would do was I would go out and buy these books that were based off of scripts. Um, that uh, on movies that I love, such as uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or, you know, what have you, E.T. So all these movies that I couldn't really see for a second time and I wanted to know more about, and I was a fan of, I would go out and buy these books that were based on these scripts. These were movie tie-ins or novelizations. I was a big fan of novelizations, both for TV and for movies, and I had a big collection. I thought it would be fun to write a novelization that was based on a made-up movie that seemed very real. Yeah. So I I did it on uh, for this the first one. I'm going to do a, a series of them, but the first one I thought it'd be fun to start in the '70s with a trucking CB movie, and then move on to the '80s and the '90s. So the next one will be called Poppin' It, which is about mm-hmm. losing your virginity in the 1980s <laughs> uh-huh, in uh-huh. Fort Lauderdale, the party capital of the world, Fort Lauderdale. Um, but, you know, it just sort of, you can create an entire universe by doing that. Yeah. And um, I have fun with this because um, each of these movies, these 70s movies, they, all, they always feature the same type of characters. It was the middle-aged, mustachioed hero who was for some reason beloved by everyone, even though he was <laughs> an absolute idiot. <laughs> so, like my, and, um, my my reference for this is like a like Burt Reynolds, like a Burt Reynolds type. Is that is he like the most exactly. famous of this archetype? Exactly. I mean, Burt Reynolds is a guy who, when you go back and you look at these movies, like why was he so beloved? He was um, not, the characters he played was it wasn't the most intelligent or the most heroic or the most um, you know the, the strongest characters out there, but for some reason he just he hit the sweet spot of the 1970s, um, which I look back at it and I just find fascinating not only for <laughs> Burt Reynolds but for the the characters that surrounded Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, for instance. Yeah. Um, like, well, how did that guy become a movie star? I mean, There's what, always what, a fat sidekick. Why is that? <laughs> right. I mean, he was a fat, ignorant, stupid, not very funny sidekick. <laughs> yeah. Who, just like, you know, he was and very, very um, effeminate, you know, uh-huh. uh, which was interesting, too, because Burt Reynolds always was surrounding himself with very effeminate characters um uh not only uh dom de louise but um the uh the guy who played gomer Pyle. Mm-hmm. i forget his yeah, the actor but it, it's just like these characters like very strange and then the, the the movies are very loose you know it was almost like watching a surveillance video or a <laughs> yeah. home video these are the first movies to feature bloopers at the end of the movie. I mean, people would watch bloopers in the theater. Can you imagine that? I mean, what were they thinking that they would show these bloopers of like an elephant taking a dump in the middle of the road and then everyone's screaming with laughter? It's like, what? 
<laughs> what were they? I mean, like it's just like hallucinatory. I, I just can't believe they got away with this stuff. There's always a, a blooper featuring a uh, hot air balloon or an elephant <laughs> or Dom Devilese. <laughs> well, what the hell are they doing? It sounds like it you. Such a, it sounds like you kind of like yeah. this. Uh, I mean, now it seems like you kind of like this stuff almost tongue in cheek. When you were a kid, were you a huge fan of it, or were you still going to the theater like this shit is ridiculous? No, and that's I have a good to watch point it. because what. Yeah, when I was a kid, I would see these movies in the theater, be it Hooper or Smoking the Bed at 1, 2, or 3, or any of these movies, and like I would get chills because I thought Burt Reynolds was so cool, or <laughs> Dom DeLuise it was so funny. There was nothing ironic about it. I genuinely, deeply loved these movies, um, and I, it was just very... I kind of, you know, looking back now, it's very of its time, very Americana, very 1976, very uh, bicentennial, right. very Jimmy Carter. You know, these movies that took place in the 70s were very Southern, very rural. I always found the movies that later you know, in the 80s, they, they were very urban um, and very north Northeastern. But the movies that I grew up with growing up in Virginia and Maryland, they were always the Southern movies, whether, mm-hmm. and it was always hinging on something very lame, like <laughs> delivering a truckload of Coors beer across state lines before, I'm, you know, I mean, the plot, the plots were always just, just so bizarre and right. pathetic. I mean, aren't those the two, like the two main Southern archetypes, basically, like you had like the good old boy and then like the, the permanent bachelor with under, with air quotes, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) He was always a permanent bachelor because he always lived alone. He always had Confederate boxers, you know, he always had (laughs) Mm -hmm. a pet lizard. There was always something wrong with the guy. And like, you look (laughs) back now, it's like, of course no one's going to want to marry this guy. But as, as like a 12 year old, like, Whoa! This guy's the coolest motherfucker in the world. I can't believe he owns a pet lizard, you know, named after a Confederate general. Like that's amazing. Do you have a? But, um, yeah. do, you, do you have a, an excerpt for us so we can uh, so we can you know so we can yeah. let them know what yeah, we're yeah, yeah, what yeah. we're talking so, about? Stinker lets loose. Chapter one. Wakey wakey. Stinker opened his dazzling blue eyes, slowly and with great effort. He could barely see. Was it the middle of the night? No, it felt like daytime, maybe late morning at the earliest. His eyes squinted from what little light invaded through the dirty drawn shades. A languid country song warbled from a radio alarm clock. Not surprisingly, it was about Stinker. That man, he liked to ride, 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 straight to his beer. That stinker, he don't like to never, ever hide. This stinker, he don't got it all nothing to fear. It wasn't a good song, nor did it make much sense, but until the day stinker died, probably right here in his trailer, crushed under the weight of his vintage erotica collection, he'd be more than okay with it. Stinker reached across his messy, stained, well-used mattress, over the box of wombat scat and around the jug of dough urine, for the radio's off button, hit it, and then accidentally knocked over an empty bottle of cinnamon whiskey. 
The sound of glass hitting and then bouncing along the linoleum floor rang in his ears and made him wince. The label couldn't be seen, but it was the brand of cheap coos booze to be found at any illegal backwoods juke joint owned by a former career Navy cook named Gravy Boat. "'Twas the only style of booze Stinker ever drunk. "'The great man now took stock of himself. "'He reached betwixt his thighs, "'making sure his ample package was still there. "'There'd be a lot of upset ladies if it wasn't. "'It was. "'Good. "'Rutting season would continue. "'Stinker was well-favored by nature. "'The big trucker above had made sure of that. "'Stinker giggled.' The giggle was high-pitched, much like a jungle creature's, and extremely distinctive. Anyone who lived within the great state of Georgia knew this giggle, especially in the southeastern part of Georgia, where Stinker resided and thrived. "'Moly, holy, where in the hell was I last night?' ejaculated Stinker, more to himself than to anyone else, as no one else was in the bedroom. "'Where now?' It started to slowly come back. Oh, yes, with Lizzie, that spicy, slinky firecracker of an overnight waitress at Hank's saloon. That dirty little thing with the tight knockoff designer jeans, all moist around the edges, teacup long since gone cracked, slicking the sluice and drying the goose. And what did we do all night? Got drunk and then... <clears throat> That last part was best left to his own fading memory. Where was Liz now? Not in this dump, that was for sure. She was a cat. Clean, sleek, stylish. Loved to lick. He was more like a dog. Smelly. Sometimes his penis was visible in public. Sometimes even his anus. He didn't care. Harry. Liz's old man was a biker, which could spell danger. Don't touch the snatch when daddy's got the patch. Not that Stinker was overly frightened, cause Stinker had the flesh, lived the standard. The day was early yet, but there was already a string of bubblegum lodged securely within Stinker's thick and lustrous stash. He'd have to attend to that latter. Might even have to buy himself a monogrammed mustache wide comb. Would go well with his monogrammed lice comb. Stinker slowly made his way to a standing position. He was wearing nothing but his boxers festooned with the Confederate flag and his authentic felt Stetson cowboy hat. Always with the cowboy hat. I'll be a dirty word, he cried suddenly. It's you. Sitting in a broken rocking chair, just next to the broken television, was Stinker's best friend and all-around loyal adventure comrade, Boner. Unlike Stinker, Boner was clean-shaven and already duded up in his tough-nut tucks, crisp Levi jeans, mahogany red supple genuine leather python cowboy boots with raised top-stitching, an antique pewter belt buckle in the shape of an agave leaf, and a dark chocolate-brown Biltmore Western cowboy hat raked handsomely to the side. Southern exquisite, a denim dandy, a hoity-toity, honky-tonky, cracker-backer, slacker-whacker. Well, ain't you look like a hundred and ten bucks, Boner declared, smiling. It was an impish grin, one the ladies could never, ever resist. Even the guys had a difficult time ignoring it. 
Perhaps that had more to do with the discoloration of Boner's teeth and gums, but Boner wasn't complaining. Smoke, declared Stinker in a husky voice. Need a smoke, pal. Stinker tried to assume a frontiersman pose, but nearly toppled over. He gave up and sat back down. Slow it down, jitterbug, jibed Boner, laughing. He tossed over a pack of fresh Salem's. Stinker coolly caught the pack with one hand and then tapped out a loose goose. He flipped it into his sensuous mouth. Boner blazed Stinker's cig and handed his best friend a pair of torn jeans and a denim shirt, the only style the great man wore. The shirt had a rhinestone peacock on the front giving the middle finger. No one knew why. Regardless, it was glorious. <laughs> so how much fun did you have just like coming up with uh nonsensical 70s um euphemisms for things <laughs> it was great i actually own a cb um english to a cb dictionary um and uh it was fun to make up uh cb slang which it was really not much more different than real cb slang i mean what what those guys made up was so um, surreal that it was very easy to uh, just work off of that. And I mean, the 70s, too, is something that I know well, having grown up in it and having family members who own CB radios and, and, and who spoke in CB slang and that sort of thing. So it was very easy and very fun. It seems like um, that world, it was... I don't want to say like sleaze, sleaze exploitation, but it was kind of it's like this weird like velvet Elvis painting kind of world. Yeah, right? it really is. I mean, I mean, you look back at that world, and we're talking about, you know, we're not talking about um, geniuses here. We're not talking about academics. We're talking about people who ruled the um, the highways and byways, and you know, it was very working class, very blue collar which I find amazing looking back. I mean, to find these type of heroes on the big screen, when, if you go back and look at these movies, whether it's smoking the bandit or whether it's a B or C movie, it, they're always very, uh, you know, street smart and truckers. Mm -hmm. These aren't people who went to Yale. These are people who lived by their wits and, um, you know, just sort of make their way through life. And I, you know, I don't really see that anymore. It was it's just such a different time. Um, it was a very southern time, a very uh, a rural time, mm -hmm. and um, I, I kind of miss that actually. I mean, it's can just, you imagine you know, Hollywood now making a movie about a trucker that wasn't no. an over-the-top comedic parody? <laughs> no, I mean, unless well, like Will exactly. Ferrell's playing it. I mean, there. <laughs> There's no way. Well, exactly. I mean, it, it would be it would be completely very knowing, very ironic, very wink wink. That was not done then. I mean, it seems like the people who these movies were geared towards, um, you know, it, there was no irony involved. This was a um, these are southern heroes that were not being mocked and not being made fun of, but were actually. Uh, you know, sort of respected in a sense, like, right. you know, Burt Reynolds were, is a mustachioed hero and he was a true hero. He wasn't being made fun of. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, there's was no irony involved, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I, you don't see that anymore. And like what I love about these movies too is 
these movies featured adults. You know, when you see uh, <laughs> comedies, you know, a lot of them feature sort of like winking, satirical 20-something right. millennials or even 30-something. Like, these guys look to be in their 50s. Like, yeah. these, these were not young guys. You I know, mean, it'd be, it's like they sort of, they want, it seemed like they wanted it to look like the the crew of locals down at your at your local bar, it seemed like, you know, so, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's like a broad right. age range. Thing. Yeah. It was like a super eight of your local bar. Exactly. I mean, these, these were people who like, how would these people go out to Hollywood and make it? These were not hairless millennials. Mm-hmm. You know, these were like people who were not in good shape, who had unwanted hair, who had mustaches that were way too bushy. <laughs> who who were not that intelligent, who were not that bright, who were not that funny in a lot of ways, but just like normal Americans. To me, that's really what these movies are. like very American movies. Yeah. And very natural movies. And I think, you know, looking back um, at these movies now, like to me, it's such a moment of time that just it will never exist again. It didn't exist before with the fifties and sixties. It won't, it didn't exist after with the eighties and nineties, like eighties to me was very teenage oriented, mm-hmm. whether it was losing your virginity in um, Fort Lauderdale or it was a bunch of teenagers in a, a, a high school in Chicago. Like, but to me, like the adults, you know, uh, that I grew up watching on movies in movies were these truckers. And these people who who just lived on the road, right? It was and I like kind of like appreciate that. It, it was like post counterculture, but not, but it's still like distinctively southern, and so maybe like not really part of that so much. Like it's like it's it's post fifties, but you know, and and it's post sixties, but they're like they. It seems like they had a. Um, like they were very aware of not being like the cool, glamorous ones on the cutting edge right. of the culture. Right, that's a good point. I mean, like to me, that's exactly right. They they were against. They were not pro government. They were not pro police. They were out on the doing their thing. Whereas in the eighties, to me, the counterculture became um, stripes or mm-hmm. uh, meatballs. You know, became less of a an Americana rather than just a smart ass the guy from Chicago right. um, or our Northeast type of guy. But like these guys, they were, they were just living life and working within the system, but doing their own thing. And it was very much um, anti mainstream. You know, these, these weren't guys who were in the military. These were guys just on the road. They had their own rules. They had their own vocabulary. They had their own, slang they everything was on their own terms and they went out and did it um and i have not seen anything since then that has captured that world one of the uh, things like uh, these- so I'm, re- I'm reading this and and in the beginning i'm like oh I, there's got a there's got to be a, a bunch of pictures in the middle of the book because there was always pictures in the middle of these books. Right. That's one of the things I remember. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I wanted to ask, where, where did you get like the where did you get the pictures for the middle of this book? All right. Well, truthfully, I just stole them online. They they were <laughs> um, they I don't own the rights to these at all. These are just sort of public domain pictures that I found. And what's amazing is there's so many sites that have just like pictures from the 70s uh-huh. like a guy 
standing in front of a hot air balloon or a guy wrestling a snake or a guy in a bar just holding up, uh, you know, a can of whiskey or something like, and I, I'm praying that the people who are in these photos, I mean, what are the chances that they will come across pro- this book? They'll I probably be too embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, I love that it looks, it looks like it's perfect. It's a perfect representation of like the kind of random seventies candidates that you'd find in like a, in like a dive bar bathroom kind of thing or like a dive bar would have on the wall and uh yeah Yeah. they're really good well that's just it too i mean like this time this is the last time in movies you could look ugly like (laughs) and it came to the 80s just a few years later you got the collars up the polo shirts everyone was hairless everyone you know had a certain look it was dated looking back but it was a very clean look in the 70s, is just a total mess. I mean, uh-huh. these guys were just disasters. If you look at these pictures in these, in these true novelizations, not fake novelizations from the 1970s, like there's a messiness about it. There's just a looseness to, to it. Um, and I don't know if that's a response to the post-Vietnam era, the post-Watergate era, where it was just a reaction to what was going on in, in D.C. and the government and all that. But it was just like, these people look like human beings. Yeah. They didn't look fake. They I remember like, growing up in the 90s, uh, you know, when everything was like, you know, hairless and and uh, having awesome hair. And um, and I remember I remember seeing like Burt Reynolds and being confused where I was like, wait, was he considered good looking back, <laughs> back then? It was like, it was very confusing to me in the 90s to, yeah. to like see Burt Reynolds sure as like this confusing. huge sex symbol. Yeah. I mean that that's uh, and and truly like if you look back at that era, this guy I would remember seeing him on Johnny Carson. Like this guy was not just a sex symbol, but he was beloved for his personality and his mm-hmm. looseness. And actually, as an actor, Burt Reynolds, I think is incredible. He was a very loose actor, you know, popping gum, popping wise, <laughs> and just saying things off the cuff. Like there was real looseness to this guy that is not easy I th- you know as an actor to, to express it, it almost looked like I was watching a movie like a home movie you know I mean mm-hmm. it almost looked like he didn't even know he was being filmed there was there was no se- uh, self-awareness you know it was just total looseness which in comedy is is totally necessary you know you don't want to appear to be uh, trying too hard and there was a real looseness to him. And I think he's underrated as a comic actor. That's why they but put the bloopers the time, at the end, because people just wanted to watch uh, Burt Reynolds hanging out. Well, yeah. I mean, do you remember seeing bloopers before this? I mean, <laughs> the, you, you paid money to go to a movie theater. You saw bloopers in the movie theater. I mean, that that was the first of its type. I had never seen that before. I don't think it had ever been done before. And it wasn't necessarily even hilarious. It was Dom DeLuise mispronouncing a word or mm-hmm. uh, Burt Reynolds tripping over his boots or something. But like you felt that you were a part of something and that you were um, a part of, of, the, of the movie and the gang. And um, it was just a real uh, sense of, uh, you know, it was almost like he, they were your buddies, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, that totally disappeared in the 80s because I don't remember seeing any bloopers certainly in a John but I actually no I take that back because in Ferris Bueller uh, well th- that wasn't a 
blooper. I think that was him just talking straight to the audience. But, it, yeah, I mean, basically these 70s movies was like, you know, this isn't real. You know it's not real. Uh, we know it's not real. You know, the elephant was hired. The, the balloon was hired. It's just a bunch of people making a movie in Georgia. And here it is. You know it's fake. We know it's fake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's it's a real looseness to it. We sort of disappeared in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, hey, thanks for talking with us. Book's called Stinker Let's Loose, Mike Sachs. Um, yeah. You're, you're writing for Vanity Fair other than that, yes? Yeah, I work at Vanity Fair, and <laughs> I don't think they know about this, actually. <laughs> so let, let's, let's keep this under wraps, because... Uh. Uh, if they did know about it, I mean, they're certainly not going to excerpt this in Vanity Fair, and I really don't need the people in the photos uh, coming after me right now. <laughs> I'll, 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 we'll keep, I promise to keep this from both of those groups of people. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, it, thanks. It's uh, been fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Thanks so much. I All appreciate right. it. Take care. Bye. Dude, those pictures in the middle are hilarious. <laughs> They're, <laughs> They're so, so good. It's so random. It looks just like a perfect, um, like a perfect representation of like random, yeah, uh, random candid bar photos. Yeah, exactly. Hi. 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 Well, how'd the interview go? It was good. Yeah. That's fun. I was on the whole time, just being real quiet. Yeah, I wanted to get you on, but then I got you on, and there was like a bunch of, uh, like a bunch of car noise, and that was gonna be real hard. What's wrong with car noise? I don't know, dude. <laughs> it's exhausting. Huh? Hey. Oh, 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 it's exhausting for you, is it? Hearing you, it? it's Hearing a pun, it? Matt. No, you yeah, exhausting. No, I get the pun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the pun, but I'd already—I was already angry. Okay, All okay, right. that's, that's fair. That's fine. As I got the pun, the anger happened, mm-hmm. and I was like, "It's a good pun, but I'm so exhausted for real, though." And then, <laughs> you know, are you driving SD to LA right now? No, just driving around town. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you were, uh, how was Comic Con? Oh, dude, Comic Con was crazy, bro. It was like fucking all these cool bros, just fucking. No, it was a bunch of fucking nerds. Uh, I, I have zero interest. Like, I went there maybe what was like 2012, 2013, and now I have. Yeah. I have like less than zero interest in going back. Yeah, I had a better time this year than I had last year. Last year, uh, you know, the shooting the stuff with the star wars show was fun and it was fun again this year but then i was just like walking around alone on the days i wasn't working and like i knew a couple people who were there but there were you know it was it's like hard to meet up with people signal sucks you know and so i was just kind of i just don't give a shit about most of the things at comic-con like i'm not that big of a of a superhero guy mm-hmm. uh, i i don't really i i, I read very few comic books when i was a kid like i read a lot of sonic the hedgehog comics uh, <laughs> and uh you know i'm but like i'm not interested in most of the shit they have there the I feel panels like even the stuff are- that i am interested in like the way the panel is structured where it's just like 
a constant like pumping you up for a movie that you're not going to see that day that yeah. doesn't come out for another six months is i find it very off-putting even you know even the stuff that i would be into yeah i mean what's the worst thing about it is that like most of the uh the panels seem to be filled with like executives and actors who i i feel like don't i don't give a shit what they think about anything and I certainly don't give a shit about a pilot for a fucking NBC show that isn't going to do well yeah. and is going to be destroyed by the very executives who are pitching it <laughs> to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to be like, such an Uber fan to enjoy any of that. I mean, it's a yeah. conference, and he's right? Not That's even what just con like, stands for, because conference well, is pretty convention. much convention. Oh, yeah. either way. Yeah, Conventions and conferences all suck. Right. That's my take. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, it's comics. It could be about football it's still mm-hmm. gonna be dorks it's a <laughs> well because here's the thing it's not just like being a fan because i'm a fan of a lot of things it's like yeah. to enjoy it it's like you kind of have to be a fan of being a fan yes right that's a great point it's like you and, have to be the kind of person who who like shits yourself when the director hands out uh some sort of swag that maybe just like buttons to a thing that you've never heard of right yeah i think that's what it is i think i think uh half of it embarrasses me like uh, I, it, there's something really gross about about fanboying over television in a way that it just it makes me feel uncomfortable because it's right. just like you guys this is this is beyond dorky at least with comic books like you can feel it in your hands it's, it's like it's drawn by people like and you feel like you're supporting like, individuals and not like a faceless corporation exactly when you're there everyone's just like i just really like tv and it's <laughs> yeah. like who likes i i like tv but i uh, like the, there's an amount of liking tv that you know it's the same i mean it, it's i guess it'd be it's one thing with movies even movies i don't know you're just like it's like oh what's marvel gonna do it's like, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna make money off of you it's <laughs> yeah like yeah do. it's like I'm it's, not that that's a bad thing i'm not like saying that that's like the worst it's not thing. a bad thing but i don't have to like cheer for the act of you making money off of me like i'll yeah, cheer for the yeah. movie it's weird it's like right where the um it's right where my love of of art uh butts up against my hatred of like crass commercialism and it's at a certain point at a certain point like the weird corporate cheerleading shit sort of uh overwhelmed like the cool part where you you know you get to see somebody's like it's weird when you go to the the side of comic-con that's that's like less populated and you see like the actual booths of people with like their their graphic novel and you're like oh that's pretty fucking cool yeah and you like talk to the guy who drew it and you're like oh this is cool and you're like oh yeah this is like what comic-con was like this was the whole point of it before yeah yeah that was the most uh interesting part of it for me this year there was a guy i wish i could remember his name i was looking at his uh at his comic books he also he he makes like uh comedic like comedy strips uh-huh. uh he he did a documentary called stripped uh where bill watterson drew the, the like the poster for it which was pretty rad and i saw the documentary i had no idea it was him who was there hawking his own wares i was like that's so fucking rad and uh yeah i was like okay this is this is cool this is the guy who made all of these comic books and he's right here and uh-huh. you know I'm, I'm talking to him that's so, totally so that worth was, it that was nice do you ever think do you ever think that it would be kind of cool to just become one of those people who like maybe you give up on the idea of like being cool or like being <laughs> successful and you're like i'm gonna f- get fat 
and I'm going to pick like a, th- a couple things and I'm going to become unrealistically fanboy. Like even if it was yeah. baseball, you could have mm-hmm. something to do for a large part of the year almost every night. And yeah. you could be like, fuck it, we got a game to watch it's, tonight. It seems real hard. Like the the, the homemade costumes you see there, you're like, oh yeah. man, this, there's got to be like 150 man hours that went into making some of the but shit. But those are, those are love hours. Yeah, for sure. Like, fuck yeah. yeah, you're not making the tail yeah. just like Sonic's tail. Right. I remember when <laughs> yeah. I worked in, pa- in Palo Alto like 10 years ago. Um, and it was, you know, like this weird company. And there's like a bunch of weird like coder people working there. Yeah. And on Halloween... This one nerdy dude was dressed like a Roman centurion, but he had like fucking made the entire outfit himself by hand, like where he's like hand hammering yeah. like the metal pieces to make it look perfect and like, you know, doing all the leather work. Yeah. And it was the coolest shit. That's dope. <laughs> and it's cool. It's cool for comics and it's cool for Comic-Con. It's twice as cool for furries because it's like, right. you know what? If I'm going to be yeah. fucking someone else as a squirrel, I'm going to make sure that I am the most lit looking squirrel mm-hmm. in this entire convention. Yeah. That you is worth your time. Squirrel. So That's you can right. either spend your time like trying to look hot and cute or you could just put that work into making like a really badass Roman centurion costume, and you yeah. probably get laid about the same amount. It's true, you just have to, you know, just change the style of laid that you want to get. Yeah, yeah, or pay for it. <laughs> I think there's a lot of sex going on at Comic Con. It seems like a oh, lot no, of the people sure. in because people yeah. like they get that costume on and they they like become. It's like they become a whole new thing, and there's, that thing's usually a lot more bold. Sure. There's fucking that goes on at, like, Dreamforce, the Salesforce. <laughs> well, anytime yeah. a bunch of people... people. Okay, true. Everybody but expects them to fuck each other. I think anytime a bunch of people get together, some people are there for whatever's going on, but there's some people that are like, I'm about to fuck. There's tons of people <laughs> yeah. here. Like, it's going down, and, you know, that's fun. Yeah. 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 Although Salesforce does... That, that would be a pretty... Int- I mean, I guess... Of course, you'd be good at fucking if you're a salesman. Like that's what you're. That's sure. You using that's the applicable skill. Yeah, you, you gotta have. sell that dick. That's right. Yeah, get out there I and close. Have. Get out there, close the deal. Always be coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but I feel like it's a little bit. It's 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 more so at Comic Con because. A lot of the people there, they're in this costume that makes them feel bolder right. and more like it's like they've totally. they've 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 gotten into a mental space that naturally lends itself to you know fucking new people. Yeah. And if you find someone who's impressed by your wealth of knowledge on a super obscure topic, while most yeah, of the world rolls their them. eyes at you, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, I. I the only I went to a panel last year that I where I was like, okay, this is this is my thing. I saw the South Park panel mm-hmm. and it was Trey Parker and Matt Stone both Sounds there, awesome. and they were being interviewed by uh, at, at Midnight Dude, uh, Chris Kira Hardwick. Sedgwick. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was Kira Sedgwick. No, it was that's Chris correct. Hardwick. Just... <laughs> Chris Hardwick was doing the South Park panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does he do Which, everything? Why can I not escape Chris Hardwick? He's nerdy Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like the Hollywood. Uh, he's the he's the guy trying to get everything in Hollywood to come to his after party. Like he's always got. Right. Exactly. That's his. That's his. That's his thing. Um, 
but it was great. It was it was really uh, it, it was really great watching that because that you know South Park is something that where I was like, okay, I actually can nerd out on this, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and not you know and but I mean, Chris Hardwick thing. seems I, very un South Park though. I don't know something yeah, but, about. Him. I mean, I, but uh, th- you mean because he's a shill and the South Park guys <laughs> are the opposites of a shill? Yeah, I basically. I yeah. mean, not in so many words. Hey, put us on the Nerdist Network. We'd love to get all those downloads. No, 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 no. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like Chris Hardwick uh, does seem like a, like a, like a shill, but in the nicest way. I'm a shill. We're all shills here. So put us on the Nerdist Network. But, uh, <laughs> but and like the, the South Park guys are like, oh, you, you know, oh, you want approval from people? Go fuck yourself, you know. But uh, in reality, I think they, they both um, were bonding on uh, video games because, you know, the uh-huh. Comic-Con people and South Park people are like, this is a similar type of nerd, you know. That's um, why I feel like I could never be accepted because I don't really play. I don't really, I'm not really a gamer. It'd never be accepted by what? Uh, by Comic-Con people? Yeah, yeah. They accept fucking executives who have never <laughs> had fun before. I mean the people there. I don't mean like the people speaking. Oh, the people there are great. I mean the people there are, are just like, you know, they're they're the they're nerdy, you know, they're having fun. They're like, they're, they're, you'd love them. They're, I will, they're, yeah, I will say, the, like, the only thing that kept me from... Uh, leaving comic-con was just I, I made an effort to like talk to people there because they always cheered me up because they're always so happy to be in their costume yeah, and, and it was so, so much cooler to just talk to random people about whatever they were there for than to see some fucking bullshit panel where you know yeah. some girl asked chris hemsworth for a hug and then and then <laughs> You yeah, know, the whole place and we're cheers all supposed and... to be like, "Oh, it's cute." He allowed it. It's yeah, like, yeah. he better fucking cares. <laughs> if you're that hot, you better allow it. In fact, <laughs> I don't even think as a dude you should have the right of consent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you sh- we should Carrying just uh, t- we should thought. just get to touch Chris Hemsworth's dick if we want to. We should get. We should be allowed to touch his dick. To touch Thor's and- hammer. Nice. Yeah, and uh, Ragnarok, th- and his brother. Who's his yeah, brother? Liam, Liam Hemsworth. Liam, the shitty yeah. Hemsworth. Liam. Yeah, it's a nice well, anyways, name. Uh, uh, speaking a, of I fucking have... nerds, man, did you see that disastrous Joss Whedon t- tweet from today? No, oh no, what did he? What uh, did he do? You didn't? Oh, he wrote a poem for Hillary Clinton. Oh no, let's hear oh, it. Why? Why? Can you get right? <laughs> why? Okay, so not all right. So the tweet says. This is Joss Whedon, uh, esteemed director of uh, Avengers and, and other stuff. Firefly, whatever the nerds like. Um, Joss Whedon, thinking about the girl that got away, dot, dot, dot. Little more than 140's worth. Hashtag Madam President. And then there's a, a picture of Hillary Clinton with this poem. Or I, I don't know. I guess it's not a poem, but it's some words about Hillary Clinton. Uh, I met her at a fundraiser for the 2014 Senate races. She was more hawkish than I expected, and more charming. Of course she was insanely well-informed. But the spark in her eyes when she talked about Putin, the distaste and genuine amusement at his ham-fisted attempts to intimidate other statesmen... Statement, not statesmen, that was great. Uh, I think as much as he knew he had a raggedy Andy and Don, Putin was protecting himself, a person of intelligence... Protecting himself against a person of intelligence and will. He couldn't poison her, so he poisoned us instead. 
Oh my good god. I mean, okay. Fine. Fine, fine. <laughs> no, it's not fine. Everything's bad about that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, in terms of analysis, yeah. Well, not o- well, not only not only is he like he wants Hillary Clinton to be like his mom. Uh, not only that, all, all the stuff he praises praises her for is just like the lamest like MSNBC pundit shit, where it's like. She would have stood up to Russia so much more than Donald Trump would have. It's like he's looking back at an ex-girlfriend and forgetting the reasons why they're not together a little bit. Yeah, that is exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the reasons they're not together is is because of treason, but sure. it's still it's still kind of uh it's still kind of gross. I mean, it's, it's like the fucking neoliberal. It's like the id of the neoliberal. It's like Right. What did you like about her? Oh, she's hawkish. Uh, well informed, um, and uh, and she uh, stands up to Russia. Those are those are the three things. It's in- it's incredible that right now we have a president who makes the compliment ill informed an actual like qualifying factor of an opponent. Right. Like well, oh, they're well informed. They know what's going on. Yeah. That's like but a it's also, differentiator. It's like the minute the minute you're selling someone as like well informed, like you kind yeah. of fucking lost, or you're like oh, they have experience. Like no one fucking. Yeah. Like there's a there's a million people that have experience and are well. I mean that yeah. like those are good qualities. But if you're selling that, it means they don't have like a sexy vision that you yeah. can lay out. What do you think it feels? It has to feel so weird to be her right now because right now, I mean, most people like that's a disaster because most people just aren't even touching her. Right. You know, it's like right. I don't even want to talk about it. It's like yeah. you have the entire intention attention of the world, and then you lose, and then all of a sudden, everyone's like just won't even look at you right well it's like well, yeah let's let's be real about what she she has the power to continue putting herself um out there as a public figure you know uh, you know she she's still doing it somewhat and i honestly there's part of me that's like there are other jobs you could do another job <laughs> yeah, no. do what job is she gonna want. do you don't have you don't have to work anymore. You don't have to do anything. Just if you could not just do any go, of that go, stuff, go it would away. be dope. Just go away, please. I feel so bad because I, I, on one hand, I recognize that she got like three million more votes than the current president. President, but on the other, I'm just like, okay, uh, you failed to beat the fucking worst candidate in history, and uh, you just need to go away for a while so we can like not, we can we can not be mad at you all over again when we see your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I it's it's hard to look at her and and not be like, listen, many of the people who voted for you, we felt like they were already selling out yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Did you see? And, uh, did you see Wonder Woman? No, I still haven't seen it. Oh man, because I feel like Wonder Woman is like the Hillary Clinton of movies, where I like I went in <laughs> and like I always wanted like superhero movies to be like like better and then i saw a movie that was like it's a superhero movie it's not really like much better but it's a girl now and then like everybody's expecting me to get like real excited because it's a girl now and i wanted to because i think like it it being a girl now is an important step i just can't like muster that much enthusiasm for the content of the product right i didn't see it everyone was saying it was so good do you think that was tainted by that yes (laughs) 
for sure. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, I of think course, it's tainted by of that. Of course, and, it was. Well, I also think like people's, um, like a superhero movie that it like isn't terrible. Everybody thinks is great in general. And no one yeah. wants to be the guy who's like, mm, fuck that one. Yeah, no one wants to be like, um, actually, the female superhero movie isn't very good. Yeah. Right. Well, and half of that is because then it'll be like, oh, that's weird that uh, that you hate women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I I still I still haven't seen it. But you know what I did see? Uh, These nuts. She <laughs> 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 got him. Wait, what'd you say? It cut out. I, I said these nuts. Oh. Yeah. No, I didn't see these nuts. <laughs> I saw uh, Gal Gadot and Ooh. fucking uh, Ben Affleck. And, Gal Gadot is very attractive, am I right? And Word. Jason Momoa all walking down. They were uh, like two feet away from me but i mean there were some bodyguards between us oh yeah um, yeah cool cool and they, they were walking on the convention floor and uh and i screamed out ben affleck how do you like these apples <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you say know, uh he didn't say anything oh. uh i think he was just sad that he's still batman <laughs> oh i liked um, I mean, I, I hated that movie, but I loved the idea of Ben Affleck as like a juiced out, like aging Batman. I thought he was. I thought that was good casting. Yeah, he was a good fat Batman. Yeah, uh, I, I did. I did, Yeah, he was good fat man. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, the movie is terrible, so it's hard to really say he was good as Batman. Right. I mean, you know. Yeah. I I, I can't really. T- it's like. Maybe Val Kilmer was a good Batman. I mean, I'll, if if he and fucking uh, Superman hadn't been bonding over the, both their moms being named Martha, like I think we might have been able to appreciate him more. Too, you just uh, you just triggered me a little bit, and <laughs> like I'm bummed out now because I remember just how bad that movie was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a oh boy, that's a bad movie. But yeah, it's shit like that. It's shit like people being very very excited that. Uh, you know the this you know the fucking what do you call it the Justice League are like all walking. Mm-hmm. See, I, I I I understand in person that's very exciting, but who the fuck? So far their 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 batting average is fucking god awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are all bad movies. They save for Wonder Woman apparently. Uh, you know which I haven't seen, but like they, they've only made. Bad movies, but people are just like, oh, I can't wait to say what's up. Put them together. Like at least with, <laughs> at least with Marvel and the Avengers, it's like you know, yeah, you know, I, those are the those are some pretty solid movies. You know, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, I know what I you just, mean, man. I, I'm just not excited. Like you said, you have to be a fan of being a fan, which is a is a weird it's a weird thing. I I like I love being a fan of things that I'm a fan of. Uh, and 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 you know nerding out with people on an individual level, but uh, I mean even at the South Park panel on like a on a big old in a big old fucking like convention center, it just felt it still felt weird. But I was just like, oh, it's cool that they're there. I you know I've always wanted to hear them talk about South Park. They rarely do these long interviews and shit. So I was like, that's dope. Yeah. Um, Were there any cool takeaways from that interview? 
These nuts. No. Hey, Ben uh, Affleck, how do you like these nuts? These nuts. Uh, <laughs> no, I. from what I remember, I was just uh, surprised by... Uh, their love of RPGs uh, and uh, apparently rocket propelled grenades. Um, uh, no role playing game. Oh, you know, right. yeah. like yeah. Uh, yeah. fucking their game, the Stick of Truth. I think mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. it's called. I don't know. They they basically um, like they 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 made it themselves they were like we're gonna because there was a bunch of back when they were franchising you know allowing people to merchandise shit for them yeah uh they made some crappy ass video games that they hated and so they're like well we're gonna design this game like for realsies and we're gonna make it funny and and stuff and uh um yeah so i thought that was that was cool um but no not really much of a takeaway other than the fact that like they legit have uh, alienated themselves from Hollywood on multiple occasions, and uh, and like it's it's kind of it's really is the most badass thing uh, ever because they're they they just they were so ready to get run out of town that they didn't give a fuck if they if they were you know like if they were insulting to people. <laughs> so it's who, wait, who is this again? Trey Parker and Matt. Oh, Stroud. right. Well, yeah, they're always, yeah, I, I, always love lo- I always love that about them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty rad. Yeah, um, the story of them taking acid at the Academy Awards is one of the greatest things <laughs> I've yeah, ever seen. That's insane. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And it's one thing to take acid and then go. It's another thing to take acid and wear dresses yeah. and, then go. <laughs> and not address it <laughs> and never talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We had a couple emails I wanted to read. Cool. Cool. I got to go. Your advice is always bad. Sorry, man. We're playing Tell the email. more about your dad. Oh, God, I am afraid to die. The emails. Vince hates art. That was beautifully timed. Um, uh, please tell Joey his hair is too short. He used to look like a party god. Now he looks like a handsome young polo player. Schnitzel Bob. <laughs> P.S. I am not a crackpot. Uh, I feel like that requires a new story from Schnitzel Bob about a handsome young polo player. <laughs> yeah, no, a new, a new uh, fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'd like to hear that. Uh this one's about Christopher Nolan. I know you guys didn't see the movie. Well, I'll read his other one about Lincoln Park before, in case Matt has to leave. Um, Dear Frogcast, where do you guys stand with re- with Lincoln Park given the recent passing of Chester Bennington? I feel like in my teens it was like, yep, another rap rock band. You can purchase their CD by calling the 800 number on TV. As time went on and more albums came out, I have to admit their hits got stuck in my head. And whether I like it or not, their music was around in the most formative years of my life. Side note, a friend on Facebook who legit hates them shared the news link with this quote, I really can't stand this band, but still, bummer. (laughs) Like, is now the time to give me your critique? LOL. Also, thoughts on celebs' role models taking their own lives and the morbid details being reported on so quickly. I feel like if people would just drive off in their truck blasting Papa Roach instead of actually killing themselves, that would be way better. That's true. Yeah, did you hear... 
Did you hear about people how? Go ahead. Kill man. themselves. No, yeah. I, I, I was just gonna say people shouldn't kill themselves. Making you a say... controversial point like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm very brave. What's what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say I, I didn't realize because I was like looking at it and I guess he was really good friends with Chris Cornell oh, and yeah. was really torn up about Chris Cornell killing himself huh. and he killed himself on Chris Cornell's birthday. Suicide cluster, man. Perhaps, perhaps one of those like if your best friend jumped off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I Jesus. mean, sorry, it's so fucked up. I never liked Linkin Park, and I'm not, and, I, and it was my, it's my policy not to pretend to like people just because they've died. Um, and that was based, I was like, I'm not gonna, you know, that's, I'm not gonna be the one to say, uh, RIP this dude because I wasn't a fan. I'll leave that to the fans, but I did email, uh, Matt and Brendan and Justin Halpern as soon as this came out, but I did that because. I legit got him confused with the Papa Roach guy, and I and I had oh, I had yeah, felt you did. I had felt personally like slightly personally responsible, like in some small way, where I was like, "Oh shit!" Did us trying to make the Papa Roach joke thing happen, like have something to do with it? And then I realized, "Oh no, it's Lincoln Park." Okay, whoo! Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just the Lincoln Park guy that killed himself. Right. I think I wrote back like, "It's still sad, you <laughs> asshole." Well, yeah. Uh, but it's different yeah. when you don't feel like a, a slight personal responsibility. Somehow. Right? Yeah. No, you did not kill him, so that's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. That. Uh. What was the question in that email? I forgot it. Um. Uh. Where do you guys stand with Lincoln Park? I guess I don't know. Oh, it made me sad. Uh, I used to listen to a couple of uh, those songs uh, while I. Uh, was playing Counter Strike uh, in high school. Um, I will say. Oh, he also asked about the details being reported on so quickly. Oh, that's the thing. I uh, I always feel like I am uh, when it comes to the death of a celebrity. I guess I want to know those details first thing, and I'm always like, oh, what happened? But why? Or you know, like you know, t- what are the details of? any death that has to do with a celebrity i'm always like i mean i kind of want to know that with anyone who i've ever who i know who dies right. i want to know the details of the death because you know i want to know whether or not it's it was their fault or you know a freak accident <laughs> also or, i just feel like if you kill yourself you you'd, you naturally like we assume that you've curated the details of your own death scene because that's kind right. of the whole point of suicide is that you can yeah. choose how you go out and what people are going to report. Like you, you know, you can make, you can design your own set of your own suicide to some extent, yeah, can't I, you? I think the weird thing with celebrity deaths is that everybody is really casual about it, like joking about it. And especially because a lot of people weren't close to that person or didn't give a shit about what that person did as art, but they just knew who it was. And it's like a big event. So it becomes this thing where everyone takes like, makes really shitty jokes. And I do the same thing too, because it's like, I'm not connected to this person. So that's, it's kind of fucked up because you realize you're taking something real and then trivializing it and digesting it as another piece of pop culture for your own entertainment. I feel like if it was, my friends i probably still make the jokes but it would they'd be if it's a good joke you know i think if if you've got a really great joke always do it that's (laughs) my rule agreed Um, but uh yeah no i uh, when once he i heard that he 
died, I my first thought was, God damn it, here we go. A bunch of fucking open micers are gonna try to get in their zingers so that they could be like, check out my brand, yo. Yeah, and I went to an open mic that night. <laughs> oh, on the night of Chester. And the oh, the man. opening the opening set was like four or five straight uh, Lincoln Park jokes. I feel, I feel like it's, it's a so weird boring. move to want to want. I mean, like, there's some things that I wanna tell like do a joke about but like shit like that where it's just like the lowest hanging fruit of yeah. whatever new i don't know that's weird it's a weird and impulse people like to be fucks and like being mischievous <laughs> yeah. gives people a lot of uh fun energy and distracts them from their own shit. so i understand it but at some point you're just like damn like we're just sitting here not like even trying to connect with this and just it's just like <laughs> right. another piece of you know news i mean the way i feel about it is is that lives I almost feel like it's a little bit more excusable if people know about it and it's something that's on people's minds, you kind of have to talk about it. Like when OJ got out, you know, people were talking about it at a show that night, you know, because you gotta, you know, it's the elephant in the room, right? Right. But on social media, you're just like, you're just a dickhead who's just like, well, all right, what's a pun I can do with Lincoln Park and death? You know, just like, <laughs> yeah. Just fucking. Ugh. Like if you have anyway. a really good joke, go for it. But then, like, try telling, uh, try telling an open mic comic to to uh, be able to properly uh, rate their their own jokes is kind of the other thing too. Is like I remember my friend texted me about it, and like I enjoyed some of their songs, but I wasn't a huge fan, so I didn't have a huge connection. I hadn't thought about them in a long time, mm-hmm. and I was at work. I'm in between like t- doing two things, and I'm getting coffee, and he texted me my first. I just fired back like a shitty joke, like without thinking about. It because it's just well, like it's a text message it's right different. right it was it was just a rhyming couplet anyway but it was you know <laughs> yeah uh well guys i'm at a i'm at walgreens so i can't i can't just don't be loud yeah whisper no, dude no. no i can't yeah you can yeah you can dude Ooh, do you want to hear a good walgreens story yes the yeah. last time okay. i was at, the last time i was at walgreens i a woman walked in walking a duck <laughs> yes <laughs> on a yes. leash i have video of oh this. man yeah did you ask her about it uh no i was rattled i was just filming mm-hmm. her um did, did, did you try to pet the duck i did not i didn't have any bread i wasn't on aisle mm. four <laughs> should have got some bread <laughs> i should have uh email from the same guy as the last one uh saw dunkirk pretty much agree with the general consensus that it's incredible with but Incredible, but characters' characterization is lacking. I feel like Christopher Nolan's greatest strength, uh, grounding in realism, is also his biggest weakness. Cases in point. Inception. Are you ready to exist in a shared dream where we can fly, fuck, and fraught whenever the hell we want? <laughs> where, the, where anything the human mind can imagine we can see and contend with? Nope. Bank heist. Interstellar. Are you ready to go through a wormhole and explore the vastness of space, strange new worlds, and boldly fraught where no one has frauded before? Nope, three planets tops. Two of them suck. So here's a long ride basically just to Earth. No aliens either, by the way. Uh, I just wish his movies would be more movie-like, if that makes any sense. Uh, Regarding Dunkirk again, I had to look up separately what the hell was going on because it is not clear in the movie at all what is happening with those civilian boats. I'm 100% on board, show don't tell. Wouldn't a breakfast scene or a group of people getting together done the trick without needing a huge exposition dump? Just my thoughts and curious about yours. Uh, The porno. Fuck Kirk. When 400,000 men couldn't come, another small group of men came instead. Hard. (laughs) 
that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That was I like good. That. That's that was good. good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I knew the I knew the history enough to get the movie. But, yeah. Have you guys I both seen Dunkirk? Seen I haven't. I have. I Is have. it dope? Everyone yeah. says they love it. See it in IMAX. I will say it in IMAX. See it in IMAX, but um, bring like earphones because mm? it's like deafeningly loud and uh, you can't understand the fucking dialogue anyway. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Is there subtitles? No, no subtitles. They're speaking English theoretically. No, that's cool. Is yeah. it like English, English? Is that why? No, it's just because um, Christopher That's Nolan has this sorry. thing where he thinks uh, muffled dialogue uh, is realistic and you're not supposed mm. to be able to understand. Uh, or the, it's it's realistic for me because I'm half deaf. And yeah. also at Walgreens. <laughs> so so I hear. I'm at Walgreens right now. Yeah, what up? This, what do you, this Walgreens mat. <laughs> <laughs> what are you buying? Is this, is this paper towels Skin mat? Skin cream? Skin cream no. mat? Uh, yeah, prescription. Oh, uh, nice. pres- I want to. I, w- I would like to hear the. Yeah, the I, I'd like to hear that too. Okay. Um, <laughs> frat boys. I've been doing open mics for about six months now in a tiny comedy town that has two mics a week. I don't ever invite anyone I know or talk much about it because that feels obnoxious, and I feel like I'm just getting started. I started seeing this girl about a month ago. We have fun and spend a lot of time together. She ended up coming to a mic. I did to fill this prescription. <laughs> <laughs> this is real is what the people want yeah, yeah this is real oh no what's my lipstick oh that's what happens when you get that dick cream uh, she ended up coming to a mic i did which made me nervous and not as funny as i usually feel but whatever that's no biggie she ended up going up for the first time and absolutely killing it. She Ooh. barely prepared, but she is naturally funny and performed well. She loves doing it, and I'm sincerely proud. She wants to start going up. But all the local comics won't stop teasing me about it and also hitting on her blatantly. I realize that I'm an insecure piece of shit, and this isn't a real issue. It's just been on my mind lately. So I thought I'd pick your brains, frauders. Have you ever dated a female comic who is funnier than you? Uh, I wouldn't beat myself up about being insecure about like bringing a girl to an event, getting upstage, and then having all the dudes blatantly hit on her. I think you're pretty like well within your emotional boundaries. I think you're pretty fine on that. Um, I have not dated a, a female comedian, so I don't I don't have any advice. It can be kind of tough because it, ultimately, what happens is people's careers if you want to call it that uh can take off at different paces and that can be tough for different people but yeah it seems like uh this guy is pretty cool about it uh so you know i would just take it one step at a time man yeah i dated uh i dated a girl who was sort of like we were both like she we were both comedians that don't do a ton of comedy uh mm-hmm. who have like day jobs and comedy is not like the main thing that we do and um i didn't even, like we didn't know either like we didn't know each other as comedians when we met so it wasn't what is she doing it's getting loud over there what are they doing I like you guys need my idea or anything? matt like snuck into the back where they're doing the, into the kitchen okay. yeah matt's like could i have skin cream planet b <laughs> planet b fuck personally matt or Matthew, M A G T. What's the last four of your social? <laughs> what if this is Matt's like best improv yet? Three one zero. Three. 
<laughs> Great. Matt, you just gave out your phone number, everybody. That one's for the internet. How many calls do you think he's going to get from from broadcasters? I would say... Uh, Should I bleep? I bet, he, I bet he does... I bet he gets five. Should I bleep that for him? I'll leave that up to him. I'd like it out there, though. <laughs> if that's okay. Are you guys doing a stock check? Yeah. Oh, thank because, you. Because those are... No, I know. Oh, what is These he are very, very rare dick pills for you. Yeah. Um, anyway, my point was that uh, I feel like... Oh, a, you don't know if you have it, right? I don't know. Okay. She's going to check it right now. Dating a female comic funnier than you seems like it would be awesome. I feel like it would be much harder to date like a female comic who you didn't find funny. Sucked. Yeah. Yeah, but you gotta. Then you start worrying about what is her opinion of me. Yeah, be, you know, because it, yeah. it's it's, it's almost impossible to be like we're equal. You know, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the thing with um, depending on what level, because it open mics, it's just a drastic. You difference. guys have it? Yeah, we have it. Well, and like when you see comics on TV, you kind of you kind of funnel them into like people I like, people I don't like. Right. But when you're with a bunch of open mic comics that yeah. you see like all the time, you kind of know like you've seen all of them be good and be bad. Yeah. Like there's some that suck. Yeah. And there's some that are consistently good. But like the vast majority are people that you've seen fucking bomb and people that you've seen crush it should be in the yeah. system that's true and i mean and like okay. at different like times like the same people uh-huh. <laughs> he's having some trouble over there uh yeah and i i mean i've seen very good comics eat shit at open mics because open mics can just be really tough yeah or you've uh, seen 310 mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 If you call Matt, he will sing you a song on the spot. Yeah, yeah that's the way that work. It has to work. Mm-hmm. Are you going to wait? Uh, how long do you think it'll take? I've had 15 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll just be... You guys will text? Oh, yeah, we'll call yeah, we'll text you. Okay. You have your phone number. Yeah, okay, great. They have it Thank twice. <laughs> What's the prob, dog? Dude, you guys... They were looking at me probably because I was half laughing. <laughs> I was trying to build a prescription. <laughs> it's really is not that's not a good environment. <laughs> I, had to, I had to turn you guys down when I gave my phone number the second time. <laughs> I can I can I can erase that for you, I suppose. Oh, that was so funny. I was like, please don't ask me any more questions. <laughs> oh, oh, I was hoping they were gonna start digging. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, he's gonna ask for the address. <laughs> oh, last four of the social, that almost killed me. <laughs> Woo! Uh, so what was this? About dating dating comics? Don't yeah. date comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a popular uh, school of thought. Yeah, no, I mean, date whoever you want. Uh, is, is What's the problem with the comic? The, so the girl is funnier than her, than him? So he's, what's his what's his deal? I don't know. It was basically that he brought her to a mic, and, uh, she, and he went up and was okay, but he was a little nervous, and then she went up, and it was her first time. She'd never done it, and she did super well because she's naturally funny. And then all the other comics started hitting on her. Basically. I feel like a comic that's funnier than you, that all the other dudes are hitting on, uh, who's having sex with you. That sounds like a triple win. 
Yeah, also, uh, and it if doesn't she dumps matter. you, then it'll be a lose lose, but sure. Yeah. It doesn't matter if she's funnier, uh, funny or not. Uh, there, you bring, uh, you know, someone to an open mic who is a woman, and all of the men will try to fuck her because <laughs> open mic comics and all comics, really, I mean, you know, but especially open micers they don't give a shit they'll just be like oh hey you want to be on a show Let's <laughs> yeah. yeah there's some weird weird shit that goes on in the in yeah, the it's... annals of local bookings for comedy yeah it's the, you're in the throw you know it's the snake pit you know you yeah. don't want to put someone in the snake pit <laughs> yeah yeah but ultimately if uh, if he likes this person, they should just keep letting it rip. Yeah, yeah, it's all good in the hood. Just like as long as there's love there, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Only if there's love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joey, yeah. You didn't tell us about going to Cuba, man. Oh, well, you didn't ask. Cuba was the shit. It was uh, one of the coolest trips that I've ever done. How many other trips have you done? I've done some cool trips. Okay. Uh, not like a crazy amount. I haven't been What's everywhere. What's the second coolest? I mean, living in South Africa. Oh, that's, yeah, that's for pretty cool. sure. And that's actually, cool. South, living in South Africa was a cooler experience because I was there for so long and that's where I started doing comedy mm-hmm. and all that. In um, South Africa? In South Africa. Did you know, actually, it's... <laughs> Are you in South Africa now? Oh, yeah. Do, do they eat bread pie in South Africa? Oh, no. <laughs> what do they eat? Go, go. <laughs> no, for real. I got to go, you guys. Okay. This has been a wonderful fraught. I had a great time filling out a prescription with you guys. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, yeah, I love you guys a lot. Uh, and fraught on. And I, I'll talk to you later. Love you, man. Bye, Vince. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Joey. Okay, Bye. okay. Let's not drag this out. Bye. So, Cuba, <laughs> did you go to the cigar spinning factory? Uh, so I actually didn't go to the factory. I went to we. It's an interesting. I mean, I don't speak a ton of Spanish, and the people there don't speak a ton of English. I had one guy with me who was pretty good. Is it true that the workers control the means of production there? Uh, is that a high-minded Marxist question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it what ha- essentially what I found out from going to a tobacco uh, farm and seeing like where they actually grow it and how they grow it and the whole process mm-hmm. is that one day a year this guy said it's a sad day uh, and the government comes and they take ninety percent of all the tobacco that he grows and they pay him way below market rate mm-hmm. and then he gets to keep like ten percent and he fluctuated. But what do you do with the ten percent? You just for your own personal smoking? He use? rolls like I bought cigars from him when we were there. Uh-huh. You know, but like if you're buying Cohibas or any of the nice Cuban cigars, it's like the government takes tobacco from all the places. They have their own factories. A bunch of people work mm. at the factories and they spin it up. Um, he said one thing they do. Great is, benefits of the factories, though, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, they get one cigar a day. I know that. <laughs> oh, really? Or something like that. Or uh-huh. like a week or something. That doesn't seem like enough. If you're wor- if you're working all day roll- rolling the cigars, you probably need like two, three cigars. I believe they also get some money oh, okay. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it does not strike you as a place where you're like, well, communism works. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's definitely like, wow, nothing here But, works. you know, just to play devil's advocate, it's right. probably because they're crippled by our sanctions. Certainly, certainly. Mm-hmm. For, for example, there was a guy, the guy who was running our bed and breakfast, 
um, was he left the day early and he was flying to Panama to buy an air conditioned unit because it was cheaper for him to fly to Panama and buy it and fly back yeah. and try and get any not, of the shit that not they not working had. great. Yeah. But it was also interesting because you have a lot of people there who are not obviously well off. Like I was staying in old Havana. So you're walking through and there's buildings from, I don't know, like the 1500s, like old, mm-hmm. incredible, interesting buildings probably got the year wrong doesn't matter (laughs) but uh but then you'd see people living inside and it looked like they were like like camping there Uh you know some places were nice some were not so you have a lot of people who are in poverty but you walk through and you don't feel unsafe at all right like i look very clearly american as you can guess Mm -hmm. uh and you walk through their tourism is pretty big like there's tons of tourism right right but like walking around with money like people aren't like in your face or fucking with you like i think one of the benefits is they do have basic some basic needs taken care of and another thing is for whatever reason in these bad areas you don't get a feeling there's drugs going around at all Mm -hmm. there's like not really a drug thing there Mm -hmm. so it takes some of the edge off of the poverty now you walk down the street late at night depending on where you are many many women will offer uh to fuck you for money oh that's good so that's like i like that yeah that's probably not and some people you're like damn really like you're actually god uh how much i mean no but seriously uh yeah the first night we were there we met these local dudes and they like took us to a a club and we're like dancing and having a good time and they're like yo let's go somewhere else we're like all right cool and they're like it's gonna be more fun like the chicas and we're like yeah whatever like and we go and we like walk into this place and within two minutes like five girls come up and they start like grabbing you and like oh <laughs> yeah. and i'm like oh shit we need to leave right now <laughs> why do you think that guy brought you there yeah <laughs> we, we were like oh we're not really gonna be friends with these guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's how you learn the hard way What's but about food good food uh, I would not go there for food tourism. No? Oh, um, I guess yeah. The I had some decent kind of meals, but the, the food, food is not the best. Um, but there's so much to do. I mean, Havana is incredible. You can party, you can go out, you can mm-hmm. have a great time, you can walk around, learn about history. Like it's a great place. Lots of old ass cars, right? Lots of old. I rode in a lot of old cars, mm-hmm. um, and they're nice. I mean, they, they take a lot of pride in those things. Well, nice an overstatement, but they're yeah. it's cool. We're it's, gonna keep this shit running yeah. at all costs. It's a cool experience. Um, the beaches are amazing. When you get out of town, there's you know there there's tons of day trips you can do like we went out to vinales which is where the tobacco farms were and i was saying before the podcast it's where they shot jurassic park mm-hmm. so like the there's just drastic cliffs like there i know there's the one they did a little lot of it in Kauai. yeah i don't know this is yeah. just what the dude said so he could have yeah. been lying to me <laughs> i like the idea of he's just like no we uh, just like we just, made, just made that it. shit up yeah but it's um yeah i think americans have an outsized consideration of what our impact on it is we do and we don't like Mm -hmm. the sanctions have obviously done a lot to the country but i remember when obama first opened up travel there everyone was like oh america's we got to go before americans ruin it and there's a mcdonald's (laughs) on every corner it's like you know that 
all Europeans have been coming here. Like Canadians can <laughs> right, come right. here. American, like people yeah. have been coming. Tour, mm-hmm. Travel's been there. The reason it hasn't changed is because of the government and, and a those lot other of countries other have a lot more vacation time and money to spend right, exactly. in other places than we do a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah. apparently, if you go in like January and February, everything's like it's high season. It's packed. But also, probably a lot of people from other places don't, aren't uh, quite as as dumb as we are, where we like go another place and we kind of want the thing that we have. Uh, in our house don't yeah don't go there with that intention because like (laughs) it's not that kind of trip if you stay in any hotel all the hotels are government run there's only a couple that are nice Uh, from what i understand a lot of them are really bad and you overpay Mm because they they just jack it on tourists they have a whole separate currency so that tourists have to pay more so if you if you want to go you want to stay in like a just basically a bed and breakfast you can do that through airbnb you can do it other oh ways, really they have, you can do airbnb there they have that i i did it through a friend but um but yeah it's it's an interesting place but you have to go down there ready to like be in havana it's yeah. the you ain't, you ain't getting the fairmont treatment down <laughs> yeah. there like it's not i don't have enough money to stay in hotels when i travel anyway so yeah well you love it i you, really do you actually would love it yeah uh yeah i i mean I really, the whole time I was there, I kept saying, like, this is, like, travel porn. It has, like, the mix of, like, it's just different enough. And there's just, you walk around, there's so much to think about. Because there's an immense history. You're you're looking at people who are living a totally different life. It's like a old Spanish city in the middle of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. You can go find, like, fugitives from, like, 70s. Yes. You can yeah. find, like, Asada Shakur. Or, no, wait, is she still in Cuba? I think she is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Forget yeah. who else. It's interesting. Then we got that hijacked a bunch of planes. Yeah, I think that guy's got to be like one of the more badass. Like if you if you hijack a plane and get away with it and live in Cuba for like pretty, fifty years, that's pretty dope. You're kind yeah. of badass. Yeah, if I do anything fucked up, I think I'll go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't get you there. Yeah, that's true. They're still yeah. not going to extra. They can't you. get me. Yeah. Didn't uh, didn't seem like the locals loved Raul that much though. Really, a couple times we asked people are people feel free. I mean, if people feel free enough to talk shit, that's impressive. We waited. We were very strategic about the people we asked and when we asked them. But there's this weird like double mind over there. Like the guy who was you know like rolling our cigars was talking about like oh it's a really sad day. The government comes and take ninety percent of all of our shit. And then he's like, but. 10% is enough for me. Like, I don't uh-huh. care. And then he's like, oh, yeah, the government leaves in the center of the tobacco leaf because they want to force addiction on the people. Like, our cigars are way better. And he's wearing a Che Guevara T-shirt the whole <laughs> yeah. time. He's like, we dip ours in honey because that's what Che liked. And it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. It seemed like a, a very contradictory place in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it was cool. But I was only there for five days, so my opinion's pretty loose. I mean, it's an island, right? Yeah, can't be that big. I think I nailed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The coolest thing was preparing for the trip, just being like, okay, I'm gonna learn a lot about Cuban history and like getting into that story and being like, holy shit, this mm-hmm. place has been in the center of global disputes for a long time, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Next time uh, we'll go together. We'll do a travel pod. We should do a travel pod. Yeah. Where should we go? uh i don't know we could go to modesto yeah yeah we could definitely go to modesto <laughs> i like i like i choose places my the things i like are i like good food i like a place that's like old like the older the better yeah and i also if you can get a combination of like mountains and water like it like right like right near yeah. each other that's good 
Yeah. All this, those are the things I like. Yeah. You fuck. like scenic vistas, mm-hmm. good food, and then like a place that's old that's kind of like, you know, well, it's, it's civilized. I mean, your they last got their name is Mancini. Yeah. Is Italy like your kind of I've never your been to Italy. What? Yeah, I've never been you to Italy. You haven't been to Italy? It's like what you just described. I haven't been to Italy or or France. You got to go to Italy. Yeah. I've not been to France. And I've, I've only been to, to Italy still. briefly. I was in. I mean, I want to go everywhere. So. Yeah. We got to go everywhere. I was in. I've only been in Italy for like maybe four days total. And I was like 15. So who the fuck knows what I got out of it. But I was in Venice for a short time. And then I was in Rome when Italy won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And that was badass seems nice yeah that was pretty cool i've been to croatia which feels very uh you know very like at least the dalmatian part feels very similar to what italy is probably like yeah but i think the food portion i think the food food portion of the italy trip would be uh a moment for you yeah i'm sure yeah i'll get there you'll get there uh let's put this thing to bed let's do it i mean brendan's not here to put it to bed but uh thanks to mike Sachs. Uh, Stinker Let's Loose is the book's pretty fucking funny. I really liked the idea. I was like, that's a weird idea. I love it. Um, I forget what it is. I don't know if he's on Twitter. Whatever. Uh, Joey Avery, Joey Avery Comedy on Twitter. Yep, at Joey Avery on Instagram. And I have a website, oh, Joey that's right. Avery. Yeah. yeah. You can roast him for his short hair now. He's not that's a party correct. god anymore. Mm-hmm. I know. That really, actually, the comment the, that he made actually cut me a little deeper than <laughs> I thought. I was like, whoa, well, uh, used to be a party god. Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't, he doesn't know how hard you party, though. He's never witnessed it yeah. firsthand. Um, we should throw a Frotcast Rager. Yeah. Good meetup. Yeah. Um, Patreon.com slash Frotcast. If you want to donate a couple bucks, we always appreciate it. Um, and that's about it. Matt Lieb. Thanks for, to Matt Lieb, Mike Sachs, Joey Avery. Uh, good night and good shins.